are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Monday, December 3rd edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. Sorry, it took me a minute to realize we're in the month of December. And welcome back to the show. My name is Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer of LeBron Wire, part of USA Today's NBA Wire sites, writer at the Associated Press as well, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. And welcome back to the show. It is a Monday. It is post two Blazer games this weekend. I did not do one on Saturday uh, with the the first game coming up here on on Sunday of this two-game road trip that Portland had. And uh, we have two uh, losses to to report to you, Uh, the most recent one being Portland's loss last night, 131-18 to the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio on the first game of a two-game road trip, and then they lost a heartbreaker on Friday night, 113-112. C.J. McCollum missing what would have been the game-winning two-point jumper at the buzzer, but it just just did not go down in that one. Uh, And I I guess we'll talk about that one first because it was such a a big game in the division, a a team in Denver that is playing some of the best ball in the league. Portland really dug themselves a hole in this one. They were down by 15 at halftime. C.J. McCollum really leading the charge in the second half. He had 33 points on the night. Alfred Aminu had 20 points. Damian Lillard with one of his rougher games from the field. And really, I think the start in this one really torpedoed Portland's chances. The fact that they were behind so early, that they had to scrap so hard to come back, uh, just made it really, really hard for them to to win that game. And, And credit goes to the Nuggets for playing really well. Gary Harris for hitting a huge three-pointer to put the the Nuggets up in the final second, in the final minutes of the game. Uh, So, you know, credit goes to Denver once again, being one of the better teams in the league so far this season, but a team that Portland should be measuring themselves up against. At least I'm measuring them up against Denver and uh, Denver continues to, to, with their winning ways. And, and ever since that game, uh, Matt Moore, from the Action Network had a, a good little snap, and I, I talked about it with Corbin anecdotally that I thought Jokic had been killing Nurk in the last couple of matchups, and uh, the the Nuggets are now four and one since the uh, game when Nurkic told the Nuggets to have a great summer. Nurkic himself didn't actually play that badly: seventeen points, eleven rebounds, two blocks, two steals. Uh, wasn't a bad game by Nurk by any means, especially in the second half. But uh, Denver's Denver's been getting getting the nod lately, and so uh, that is something that obviously Portland will want to turn around, especially with the Nuggets being in the division. And that loss was was really tough, and and they they got some good minutes from Myers Leonard, who continues to to really play well off the bench, and he was even he's been getting more time than Zach Collins even as of late, and. Uh, Portland, they uh, Terry Stotts went with 
Myers Leonard over Alfaruco Minu in the second quarter of that game. Really interesting move, and it kind of worked, uh, adding some shooting, but ultimately it was not enough. And C.J. McCollum's performance was just not enough to get the win, even though C.J. had an excellent performance. So they shift scenes. They jump on a plane and go to San Antonio, where they played last night. And the Spurs themselves have, have kind of been struggling as well. You know, they they started off the season pretty well, but uh, they've kind of had a you know some some bumps in the road. And and Portland has had more bumps in the road as of late, I guess. And, and San Antonio got a really nice win behind 36 points from DeMar DeRozan, who hit some shots in that fourth quarter when Portland was making a run. It looked like they'd be, you know, they'd be in it. Dame would start cooking. He hit some threes. And then Portland just could not get the stops. They just couldn't get the stops. And that was their problem late down the stretch against Denver and also early against Denver. And it reared its ugly head again. The Spurs scored over 30 points in every single one of the quarters against the Blazers. And I know that, you know, the pace and space era is, is upon us, but the Spurs are one of the teams that really don't play that way. And they're kind of methodical mid range game. They only took 15, three pointers, they were really just getting to the rim, getting to the rack, getting to their spots in the mid-range, and, and Aldridge was was very, very good last night. He, he had 29 points on 11 of 15 shooting, incredibly efficient game on the interior, and uh, basically scoring any time he wanted, and, and guys on on the Spurs were really doing a good job of getting into the middle, getting into the paint, and scoring from there. And and I know that Portland's three-point defense was also subpar last night. Lots of open three-pointers. Uh, San Antonio was 11 of 15. They shot 73% on the threes, but I think that was more due to the fact that Portland was getting... they were There was too much dribble penetration. There was too much... Uh, stuff in the middle that was leading to just wide, wide open three-point shots. And, and that, to me, was where Portland lost the game last night was on the defensive end. And and we didn't say that earlier. In, you know, we, we didn't really say that earlier in the season when Portland was 10-3 and three at the start of the season and playing really good defense, locking teams up. And, and I'm not exactly sure why this is happening. Um, I definitely have to look into it uh, some more before we talk about it, but we do need to say that it is bad. And and that's on the coaching staff to kind of correct what is going wrong. But the truth of the matter is Portland's defense has struggled as of late. And and also part of that was a a large part of that is that Milwaukee loss where they lost by 43. Um, That is is definitely going to drag down the defensive rating, but that's not the whole story. You know, those two games at the end of that road trip aren't the only games where they've played bad defense. And they played bad defense again last night. They just could not slow the Spurs down. They, They couldn't put up much of a resistance. And that, to me, is where they lost the game because they scored 118 points. They shot 40% from three, 52% from the field. They turned it over a bunch, but but and that obviously leads to points, but the Spurs aren't all, they're not a, a great transition team. They're not a team that's going to really make you pay when you turn the ball over. And a lot of the success that San Antonio had 
last night was in the half court and, and being patient and very methodical. And, and Portland just was not disciplined enough to slow them down. And, and they, they, they just didn't get enough stops. And it, it was, you know, they got dominated by DeRozan and, and Aldridge last night. And that's pretty much the story of the game in addition to the three-pointers for uh, San Antonio. It did hurt Portland, however, that they did not have Evan Turner, who was out with a, a sore Achilles. So not having your de facto backup point guard in the game it kind of looked like an old Blazers game from last year where it was Dame and CJ on the court, one of those guys on the court at all times. And, and frankly, they, they both played pretty decent. Uh, Damian Lillard with 37 points and 10 assists. Actually, that's really good. That's better than decent. And then CJ McCollum, 50% from the field, 24 points, three assists. But it was just a, a struggle. And, and, and I think that that is, is the biggest thing for Portland is that they're in the middle of the struggle right now. They can feel it. You, you see the guys posting on Instagram, whether it's Myers or Damian Lillard, about how they've got to stick, stick with it and that they've got to stick together. Um, this is one of those times right now. And they have one more game on this road trip. But, you know, the last two and the last ten, they've lost seven of their last ten really been mired I think by fatigue one uh, both mental and physical Damian Lillard mentioned this a, a week ago you know your mind is fresh your body's fresh at the beginning of the season and things are a lot easier but now this is kind of a gut check for this Blazers team and and when you look at the standings they they've now fallen all the way to seventh in the in the Western Conference they're a half game behind Memphis and they're only a game ahead of their opponent on Wednesday or on Tuesday, excuse me, in the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, this is this is gut check time for Portland. They're they're gonna have uh, an interesting schedule coming up, which we're gonna talk about in the next segment. But Portland continues to be in in a tough spot, and and you look at their game against Denver. I thought that might have been a, a potential game to propel them, but when you lose that game. It's hard to get propelled and get the momentum, and then things start hurting a little bit more, and and and, and things of that nature. And uh, I, I think Portland right now is in a very important part of their schedule. Uh, they've obviously made a habit of having huge second halves of the season to to make it into the playoffs and even get a higher seed than expected uh, the past couple of years where they finished in the three seed last year and they finished in the fifth seed a couple of years ago. But uh, they've got to take care of business and, and a win against their opponent on, on Tuesday I think would be a, a big boost to them. But we're going to talk about their, their schedule first before we get in-depth into their opponent. So we're going to take one quick break and we'll be back with more Locked On. Blazers. So uh, Portland schedule coming up. It is uh, obviously we, we look at the schedule and sometimes I think looking at the schedule in this way can be kind of uh, misleading because I, I, I the the strength of schedule always changes. It always it is constantly ebbing and flowing. There's really no I don't really trust. I'll just say this. I'm, I'm not a real big strength of schedule guy when it comes to the NBA. Uh, usually for me, I, I kind of look at the road games. All right, that that is is difficult. Going on the road for long periods of time, no matter which team you are in the NBA, is always really difficult. And I think more than anything, 
those games are, are the toughest. But then you, you know you look at the schedule at this point right now. You know, you look at Portland's start of the season, no one expected them to go 10 and 3. Nobody. And so, especially when you throw an Eastern Conference road trip in there against Orlando, Miami, and Indiana, you know, you have teams like Boston coming into the into the building early in the season, and, and nobody assumed that Portland would start off the way they did. And then you look at, you know, you look retroactively at the games that they've missed, you start thinking to yourself, well, how, how the hell did this happen? And so, with that said, I think it's an interesting time to look at the schedule because, you know, around this is when we start to see some separation, or at least typically we do. But this season, we haven't had a lot of separation between the teams in, in the Western Conference. So they're going to be at Dallas tomorrow, which we'll, we'll go into how Dallas is doing uh, in the next segment, their team as it stands right now. So they're at Dallas, and they come home for a two-game homestand against Phoenix and Minnesota. Minnesota, uh, a team that beat Portland a couple of weeks ago in Minnesota, uh, playing some of the best defense in the league since trading Jimmy Butler. I think, again, uh, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I really think the going to work and enjoying it factor has really kicked in for Minnesota. But as we saw with Portland, a group that – likes playing with each other, that gets along with each other, that stuff alone is not going to win you games. So you have Phoenix coming in who they're, they have the worst record in the league right now. Uh, they're a terrible defense. Devin Booker just got injured. So Portland should be able to handle that game. Uh, then you have Minnesota coming in. I just talked about them. Then they have a two-gamer at Houston and at Memphis. Uh, Memphis playing pretty good ball but hitting a rough patch as of late and then you have Houston which is a team that has a bad record right now but you could easily lose to them because they have James Harden they have really great players Chris Paul and uh, that you know is a little misleading as well their record I don't think they're as bad as their record says uh, Memphis may be a team that's quite not as good as the record says but still a tough team you then you have Toronto who has the best record in the league coming into the Moda Center then you've got a visit to the Clippers who are still at the top of the Western Conference then you have another game against Memphis you have Utah on Christmas or you have Utah and then Dallas and you're at Utah on Christmas Day uh, so we're going to see Dallas a couple of times in the next month we're going to see Utah a couple times in the next month including the Christmas Day game uh, which who knows that could be two team two struggling teams trying to get right uh, during the holiday season, uh, Utah has, is having a tough time with it right now. Their defense, not what it was last year, and their offense, just still not very good. So uh, these are all games against teams that are kind of in the mix. And then you have two games against Golden State, both in Oakland and then back home. And then you host the Philadelphia 76ers at the end of the month, who uh, have a very good record. They have Joel Embiid, who by a lot of people's you know, measuring is an MVP candidate this year, and then they just got Jimmy Butler, who, when the game is is you know tight down the stretch, he's a guy that can really get them a bucket and is tough to stop and is a tough matchup. So, uh, you know, as much as I've been you know talking about how great Minnesota's been playing since Jimmy left, obviously Jimmy Butler is a great player, even though he may not be the guy that is going to lead a young team. Uh, 
maybe the fact that he's on a team that has been a little bit more seasoned in Philadelphia. They have been in the playoffs. They have been, they have lost, they've won a round. You know, they've been through it a little bit more. Maybe they're not as affected by it as Minnesota was. So uh, that's going to be a tough team as well. And then you also got Ben Simmons to, to contend with and, and all that. So uh, Portland has a, has a pretty tough schedule. Uh, they have some. They have Phoenix coming in. That's basically the only game that I can say is is that is a win on the schedule. Other than that, this is going to be a very very tough stretch. Uh, Brandon Sprague uh, kind of inspired me today. The, the host of uh, Dirt and Sprague on 1080 uh, kind of inspired me today with with this schedule talk. And so I think it's important to look at the schedule and and realize that those are the teams that they have to play. But it's lots lots of Western Conference opponents. Uh, almost entirely Western Conference opponents. And then the two Eastern Conference opponents you have are two of the best teams in the East. So uh, a really important stretch right now for Portland, and it starts tomorrow in Dallas. So we're going to talk about what to expect when facing the Mavericks, who have been sneaky good uh, so far this season. And we're back here for the final segment of today's Locked on Blazers to talk about Portland's matchup tomorrow against the Dallas Mavericks, a, a sneaky good team. Uh, they're 11 and 10 after holding serve at home and beating the Los Angeles Clippers last night in Dallas. They did so without their rookie phenom Luka Doncic, who uh, is, was dealing with a hip injury. Harrison Barnes had 30 points. DeAndre Jordan had 23 rebounds in that game. Wesley Matthews, our old friend, with 14 points. And, uh, hey, uh, this Dallas team, obviously, it's a team that Portland knows very well via Terry Stotts and, and how when you watch Dallas and Portland play, they're basically playing – you're playing mirror images of each other because both teams run the same offensive sets. They run the same plays, the same flare screens – all that stuff, it's going to look very similar, except the personnel is going to be different. Uh, I don't know if Doncic is going to be back, but I would think he will be back after a day off. But who knows if Portland doesn't have to deal with Doncic. I think that's a very good thing. Obviously, maybe the the Clippers assumed that without Doncic, they were able to get it to roll over and get an easy win. And, and Dallas held serve. But they're a very well-coached team. They have lots of very useful players coming off the bench. Devin Harris, J.J. Barea, Dwight Powell. You know, these are three guys that have been in the NBA for a long time now. They've also found some some diamonds in the rough over the past couple of years, like Dorian Finney-Smith, who is a starter for them uh, at times. And he's been a really strong player for them in off the bench and also starting. But uh, the guy to watch for and the guy who has been, to me, the driving force for Dallas' start has been Doncic. Uh, You look at his numbers, he's already the youngest player ever to average 19 points, six rebounds, and four assists at his age. Uh, The only guys that are 20, that have been 21 and younger to get those, to get those numbers are guys you, you recognize Tracy McGrady, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, like he's in very rare Kobe Bryant, you know, he's in very rare company with his production as a rookie and as the guy who is, is running the offense in a lot of ways. It's, it's not unlike 
what the Blazers asked Damian Lillard to do in his rookie year. And and that season, you know, coincidentally enough, Portland was kind of in the mix for the playoffs until the very end of the season when they had a 13-game losing streak. But the Mavericks similarly are in the mix, and they are currently in the playoff picture when teams that we thought would be like Utah and Houston are not. So uh, Dallas and New Orleans as well. So so Dallas is is a very strong, very well coached team. They play very well at home. They're nine and two at home, and and they're going to be rested. They they they're, they've been back home for a few days. So. You know, Portland's not going to catch any breaks with regards to the schedule and how rested Dallas is. But if Doncic doesn't play, that is a break. If not, Portland's going to have to deal with one of the best shot creators in the league already. He's an excellent shooter, so you can't leave him. Uh, he He's an excellent passer. I hope he plays just so that some of you guys who don't watch the Mavericks get to see him. Uh, but... For Portland, obviously, it would be better if they don't have to play against Doncic because I know they got to win the other end against the Clippers. But like I said, uh, those kind of us against the world vibes when you don't when you're a little bit less talented, sometimes that doesn't all you know that doesn't always sustain you. And so, uh, but you know, you look at the rest of their team; they got a lot of veterans like Matthews and DeAndre Jordan, and a lot of guys that want to win games and want to be in the postseason again and in the case of Jordan and Matthews are in contract years so there's a lot of this game is not going to be a walkover whether Doncic plays or not so uh I think it's going to be a, a really tough matchup. Dallas probably playing some of the best ball in the conference as of late. They've won eight of their last ten. So uh, you have kind of diverging team or con- diverging teams where you have Portland on a downslope and you've got Dallas on this uptick. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out and if that can maybe give Portland a little bit of a confidence boost heading back home to face. Uh, the Suns and the Grizzlies. So Dallas is going to be a very tough game, a very skilled offensive team, and and with Doncic, a very fearsome one. So uh, Portland's going to have their work cut out for them in Tuesday's game. Uh, I believe that's a 5 p.m. tip-off in Dallas, or here, excuse me, uh, it would be 7 p.m in the Dallas area. So uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blazers, a potentially tough game. Well, it's going to be a tough game, as I mentioned, but a potentially even tougher game uh, if Doncic plays on Tuesday against the Dallas Mavericks and then Portland comes back home for two more home games. They're going to be coming in and out of Portland throughout the month. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blazers. Keep it locked, leave us a review, and we will be back with you after Tuesday's game against the Dallas Mavericks.